Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Sticks in the Six podcast. Here are your calls, Andrew Forbes, Peter Barracchini, and Alex Hobson. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 139 of Sticks in the Six. I'm Andrew Forbes here with my co-host Peter Barracchini and Alex Hobson. Will be joining us shortly. Uh, you guys killed it last week. I watched the entire episode, and you guys absolutely crushed it. Um, but I, I, I am back this week, and I'm I'm looking forward to talking a little hockey with you guys. Um, before we get into all the fun hockey talk, um, Peter, how you doing, buddy? Doing good. Yeah, I know. I, I I'm glad that you that you said that we killed it because you know, um, obviously, you know, we usually try to do all three of us, but you know what? Circumstances pending or whatever. Um, first of all, I just hope everything is okay with you, and that yeah, you know, you know, a little bit of nerves. Uh, we were getting the lowdown on how to do the process a little bit, so we know the ins and outs right now. But yeah, um, you know, I'm doing good. Can't complain. Halloween is at an end right now, so no more horror movies. No more listening to. Uh, Ice Nine Kills repeatedly for those that don't know their band that does a lot of horror music or soundtracks with like heavy metal influence so you know still listen to them they actually came out with a song that's based on Silence of the Lambs so that was been on repeat but yeah no we're we're in November right now uh yeah it, it th- things are starting to heat up especially in Leafland right now where it's never a dull moment as we usually say that's right that's right well I got my dad tax for Halloween candy this year it's uh it's hey. upstairs in a nice big bag. So uh, the, <laughs> the bonus of having kids and and uh, I'm sure that's going to duplicate next year when Harlow starts uh, starts her trick-or-treating uh, career. So it's uh, it's going to be Double a bit of time. candy income, I guess. That's right. That's right. It's, it's the dad tax, my friend. There you like, go. The there you tax. go. Um, normally off the top of the show, guys, I, I do uh, I do mention that we are presented by the India House. We are still presented by the India House. They are re-upping for this coming season, which is great. Uh, we're happy to have them along for the ride. 
Um, we do have some big news coming out on that end as well, and hopefully we will have that to you very shortly. Uh, we're really looking forward to it. It's a great opportunity for us, and it's a great opportunity to, to build our partnership with the India House. So stay tuned for that. Uh, it's going to be lots of content uh, regarding them and ourselves on all of our socials. So make sure if you're not already, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're closing in on that century mark. I'd like to get there uh, sooner than later. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram as always. And uh, make sure you hit us up on TikTok as well as we're going to kind of pump some some stuff on the uh, TikTok channel as well. Um, and if we get to a thousand followers on TikTok, we can always uh, throw some lives up on there as well. So uh, be sure to be sure to check us out there. Um, as for as for myself, like I mentioned, um, the kids went out trick or treating last night. It was a lot of fun. Oakley had it set that he was going to be a Triceratops for about six months. So uh, <laughs> little man went as a Triceratops, and he actually picked out his sister's costume, and she was a uh, she was a. Uh, the cutest little lion I've ever seen. So that Aww. was uh, good to see as well. But um, that's a good big bro right there. That's a that's a great big bro. Yeah, absolutely. Beautiful. Um, but yeah, it's other than that, uh, things are going well on this end. Um, we're just uh, kind of bunkering down or hunkering down, I guess, for uh, for the winter season coming in. And obviously, those that live in Ontario saw the snow start uh, last night, so that uh, that kicked mm-hmm. off and. Um, we're, we're kind of heading in that direction, which is great for hockey season. Um, so what better way to kick off uh, our hockey talk than talk a little snow, but let's, uh, let's get into some league wide news. Um, we'll kick it off first with Paul Stastny retiring from the NHL after 17 seasons. Um, I want to get your take on Paul Stastny, uh, what your thoughts are on his career and does, could this guy be a hall of famer potentially? it seems like whenever a player retires, it's like, is he a hall of famer? You know, um, uh, you know, doesn't really quite have all the accolades, but he has like, you know, medals internationally. So I think he does have like that going for him as well. But overall, you know, you look at the numbers that he has 822 points during his regular season as sort of like a two way center playmaking pivot up the middle of the ice and, you know, over 1100 games. And that's no easy feat too. And, when you go back and forth with like multiple teams, because like Colorado, Carolina, the Blues, Jets, and uh, Golden Knights, he was all part of them. You know, he had a tremendous impact on every single one of those teams. And I mean, don't know for sure about a Hall of Famer, but he had a fantastic career as like one of the top two-way centers. And as his career got a little bit deeper, he knew what his role was going into each game. Sort of that veteran presence, still being a secondary scorer, and. Yeah, you know, definitely a great, great player on the ice. Um, You know, wishing nothing but the best in retirement at this point. Yeah, I mean, you guys kind of know where I stand on on the Hall of Fame and and believing that, uh, you know, sometimes it's too easy to get in, especially when it comes to the Hockey Hall of Fame. Um, That said, I mean, 822 points in 1,145 career games. Uh, He's a guy that... uh, Definitely was a leader on a lot of teams that he played for. Like you said, the Colorado Avalanche kicked off his career. He was there till 2014. Um, then kind of a journeyman after that, a uh, couple stints with the uh, – sorry, just one stint with the Hurricanes. I don't know what I was looking at there. But um, anyways, yeah, I, I, I do think that, um, you know, he's a guy that uh, definitely would uh, – you'd have to take a deep, deep look at if you want to look at – you know, whether this guy's a hall of famer or not, obviously his dad's a hall of famer. So that kind of mm-hmm. brings into the question, um, the lineage, the lineage. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, that said, I mean, 
if you look at his uh, look at his numbers, NCAA championship uh, in in two thousand five, um, NHL All Star team in two thousand seven, played in the All Star game in twenty eleven. Um, so he does have some some accolades going for him. That said, I don't think that uh, by by my standard, anyways, he would be a Hall of Famer. But certainly a, a storied career and and a guy that definitely helped the teams that he played for and. And as you mentioned, you know, here at Sticks and the Six, we wish him all the best in in uh, what comes next for for the latest Stastny to retire from the NHL. So, um, great career, uh, you know, excited for him to enjoy his retirement, and uh, all the best to Paul Stastny. As he, I'm sure he'll he'll stick around in the hockey world as as most of them do now. Um, Along with that, I want to talk to you about the net guard debate, and we're going to talk about it now because I know Alex mentioned prior in our in our Slack channel that mm-hmm. you know he doesn't have a whole lot to say surrounding the intent, I guess, uh, the conversation of intent um, yeah. when it comes to the uh, the uh, unfortunate tragedy that happened in the EIHL and Adam Johnson obviously passing away. Uh, so we send first of all, we send our condolences to his family, yeah. his teammates, his friends, all of the all of his loved ones. Twenty nine years old is way, way, way too young to 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 go, especially in that uh, in that fashion as well. Um, but uh, outside of of the perplexing um, commentary on the the uh, intent of the the other player to to actually yeah. you know kick his foot out and and slash a player's neck with his skate blade. Let's get into that neck guard debate because junior hockey, I I remember playing uh, even in lacrosse when I played lacrosse, competitive lacrosse, it was always, you you had a neck guard. It was, it it was just part of the equipment. You had it. uh, There was no question, no if, and, or but. Um, And if, if you didn't wear it, you were off. Right. Um, I know the penguins, I saw a piece that the penguins have, have instituted in their, in their AHL program, their ECHL program, obviously, you know, Johnson played for the Penguins, so there's a little bit more of a relationship there when it comes to that. Um, but your thoughts on net guards and where they stand in the hockey, the realm of professional hockey. Yeah, I don't want to get too much onto the intent as well because we don't want to give that portion of people creating dumb storylines an outlet. So we are not going to do that. I, I do agree that the important uh, debate about net guards is, you know, one that should be had. And it, you know the phrase like you shouldn't have to implement something until a, ser- a until death has to happen. This is what that situation is, and we've seen too many close calls in the past. We saw with Clint Malarchuk in the eighties. We know what happened with Richard Zenick. Both managed to you know have were lucky to stay alive because let's face it, that is a very serious area. And when like a little piece of blade comes up and cuts your throat you're thinking worst case scenario anytime that happens. And I, it, it's something that needs to be had with, you know, bringing that guards in. Obviously the NHLPA and the NHL are already, you know, in talks about initiating, uh, having that discussion with the players association, which is great, but it seems like a little too late now that one player had to die as a result of it. Um, you know, Haley Wickenheiser has come out speaking about it. Uh, not just the, um, uh, Pittsburgh Penguins, but the Boston Bruins, the Providence team, they've already had three players wear neck guards in their game. The Washington Capitals are even starting to implement something in the minors. And like you said, minor hockey is a must wear neck guard. Um, junior hockey, it's a must. International play for you know juniors, it's a must. 
I can't, again, I'm so perplexed that it took this long to try and bring this discussion up because you already implemented visors. You're already bringing in like cut resistance wear for like Achilles and wrists after what happened with Evander Kane. To me, when you're playing, obviously your necks, uh, I mean, your wrists and everything does get a little bit exposed because of the equipment. But what's the one thing that always stands out that's always visible on the ice? Your neck. That is the unless, one thing. Unless you're Thomas Blokinek. Yeah, yeah, because he had that sort of like turtleneck going on. I don't know like what the material was, but at least there was some sort of protection kind of. But, you know, if you, the most important area of your body that has like the whole main arteries and veins is exposed like that, and this is going at a fast pace, why isn't that protected? I have always been a proponent of wearing the neck guard. I've always had it in junior, even when I or in playing hockey, even when I got out of playing like league hockey and it was still like, you know, recreational. I always wore my neck guard because this is an important area of your body. I, I, I'm, I'm glad the discussion is having right now, but I'm disappointed that it had to happen after the events that happened with Adam Johnson. Yeah. I mean, I guess the biggest question for me is like, at what point did, did everyone just kind of look back and say like, yeah, now's the time that we don't need neck guards. Like you, you mentioned, yeah. like through junior, through international, like mm-hmm. there's always been that in, institution that you know you need the neck guard. It's part of your equipment. That's that's just the way it Standard. is. And yeah, there at some point, I even point, remember referees kicking players out because they didn't have their neck guard or the yeah. neck guards were not on properly. Yeah, and at some point, um, on route to professional hockey, it was just a, it was like a unanimous decision that you no longer wear neck guards and it just mm-hmm. um yeah i mean it, it like you said it's it's unfortunate that it took the events that it it did to to get the conversation rolling and and by no means does this mean that it's going to be institutional institution instituted league-wide um it, at the end of the day it still has to come down to you know the nhl and the nhl pa coming to an agreement uh when, when it comes to that but um I, I think like knowing what we know now and seeing seeing what happened. I don't know if you I don't know if you watched the video of the of the incident. Uh I, I did because of the debate that yeah. was going on. Um and I mean that it, it's a freak accident. Like yeah. there's there's no nothing you can say about it. It's a freak accident. The fact that that happened is is um awful it's it's so it's such a tragic thing to happen it's agonizing and it's it, it is and it's such yeah. a it's such an easy fix that it shouldn't even be up for debate it should be it should be something that's talked about immediately and something that's instituted immediately and something that uh you know moving forward like there's there's no need for any other discussion about it like yeah. that's you know it, it it's a simple solution and and I, I i will quickly note that on the topic of of um, the discussion of intent, um, guys like Chris Terry and guys like Sean Avery, you know, at a certain point, just shut up. Yeah. Just shut up. You're it's not, not helping anything. You're not. And, and to say that there was intent there, especially Avery and then coming out and saying, you know, but he didn't wake up and think that he was going to murder somebody to, like, it, what's the, what's the point of the conversation now? Yeah. What's the point? Like, Again, you're not doing yourself any favors and you're not contributing anything, po- not not necessarily positive, but you're just making matters worse. No hockey player goes on the ice and purposely kicks his foot up knowing damn well that they have a blade on their skate. Mm-hmm. The fact that it's even a conversation is, is asinine. I think 
um, at a certain point, like somebody needs to come up and say, like, for these guys, they just need to shut their mouths and and, and move on with it. But yeah. um, welcome to the show, Alex. Um, welcome, we, we decided to have that conversation kind of without you here because we knew that you didn't want to really get into the intent side of uh, of everything. Um, we we've kind of said our piece about neck guards. Anything you want to add about the the neck guard debate? Yeah. Um, so obviously uh, the neck guard debate, I'm not going to add anything that I'd imagine you guys have already talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, it's the easiest possible measure and the like easiest possible measure the NHL could, and not, not just the NHL, but leagues around the world can take. And if they're, if that's not enough evidence, we've talked about the close calls before. If that's not enough evidence that there needs to be mandates in every league, then I don't know what is, I mean, I don't know how you get worse than death. Um, yeah. and then, yeah, Andrew, I was, uh, it wasn't so much the the intent that I didn't want to get into. It was I didn't want to shine light on the fuckbags who are trying to take this, yeah. trying to take this and turn it into a thing that it's not. Mm-hmm. Because we've exactly talked on we we've yeah. talked on the show before about about you know calling out homophobia and calling out racism in the game and stuff like that. I'll tell you right now, I have not not once like when we've talked about issues before. When we talked about the Logan Mayu issue, and you know, there's obviously going to be people on that end who are you know. At the, who are who are vouching and you know ca- calling cancel culture and things like that? The people who defended Jacob Panetta when he did that monkey thing for uh, mo- mocking Jordan Subban, I have like all those people suck, but I have never seen anybody as as heartless and as just plain shitty people as the ones who are who are trying to make this into a into an issue and try to paint Matt Petrie as a criminal. Yeah, and. I the, the point that I was trying to get as I've ne- I've never in my life seen anybody be so openly and blatantly racist over something like that. Mm-hmm. So you know it, when it gets to a certain point when those people are all talking in their own echo chamber, and it, I think that we're generally served better just by letting them talk to each other and letting them drown each other out in their own sound because yeah. it's 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 a tragic situation and the fact that people to begin with, whether they think it was intentional or not, the fact that people are taking this fucking video and sharing it over and over and slowing it down, analyzing this poor guy's death. Like, I just don't, what other, what other aspect of life do you do that? Right? Like, exactly. Like, like what's the need for it? Like, I, I I just think, you know, I hate, I, I often hate how much the general human race can, can take something that I, I think deserves privacy and deserves kind of time to marinate on its own and make it everybody's business. If that makes any sense. I, I just, yeah. Anyways, I wanted to, that that's what I meant, Andrew. I mean, yeah. obviously it, it sucks because even if there was a place to, to debate whether or not there was intent there, it's now been completely hijacked by all the pieces of shit who think that Peck Grave only did it because he's black. Yeah. Yeah. So, Um, that's all I really, that's why I said, I didn't want to, I didn't want to get into that topic just because, you know, we call out shitty behavior on this show, but sometimes I think it's just best left to to people who are participating in it because the people that are doing that are just, they're so far beyond fucking evolving into human beings. I just, you know, what are we getting out of, out of bringing them shining light on them? Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, and with that guys, let's jump over to another topic that kind of, um, you know, it's going to bring back a little bit of a, a conversation we had in the past here, but the Ottawa Senators just fired Pierre Dorian uh, after eight seasons in which the team went uh, 225, 261 and 65. Um, and, and my guess is that it's coming at the hands of this punishment that the NHL has handed down where they will lose a first round pick in either the 2024 draft, the 2025 draft or the 2026 draft. 
which they are able to say which one they want um, following like shortly after the, the draft lottery takes place. So they know exactly where they're picking um, a lot of conversation right now around the severity of this, uh, this punishment because of the, the uh, blown Dadunov trade that we all remember back at the uh, trade deadline where, you know, papers didn't get filed in time or what have you. And there was just a lot of miscommunication within the organization a lot of the conversation is is comparing this to the punishment that was put forth for the Chicago Blackhawks with obviously the uh, the sexual assault allegations and uh, um, what happened there. Um, I don't want to get back into the Chicago discussion. You guys can touch on it if you want. But Alex, I'll throw it to you first. A first round pick for a blown trade compared to what we've seen the NHL in past situations. I, I, I guess I'm just wondering, you I think know, we all know the answer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, all I'm going to say is that we're talking about the same league that apparently didn't tell Michael Landlauer that about this situation before he bought the team. It's like, I feel like if there's a guy who's about to drop billions of dollars on something, you should yeah. probably disclose that kind of information. But sadly, I wasn't shocked at all because the NHL doesn't shock me anymore. Just whatever happens, happens kind of thing. <laughs> Um, Peter, your thoughts on, uh, on the first round pick Pierre Dorian gone and, uh, maybe how it compares to past punishments for other teams and their, their questionable moves. I think it was just a matter of time before Dorian, you know, probably got the ax because, you know, there were some questionable moves and with this whole Shane Pinto thing, obviously unrelated punishment because of what happened with him, but First there was that, then there was this, and it seems like com- communication is not the best quality if you're working in the Ottawa Senators organization at this point, <laughs> because if you want to be on the same level, you got to like, you know, send, lay everything out on the table. What's happened in the past, what happened recently, especially for Ann Lauer, because he is the owner right now. And the fact that he didn't know about this is a bit shocking, but then again, it was in the news about the whole like trade with uh, issue with Anaheim and Dadanov, and then he ultimately Dadanov going to Montreal as well. So there was that issue, but I mean, yeah, it, it's it's just it's just comical at this point. It, it it really is not just for the Senators, but like the league itself, because you know if, if like this is the punishment where all the team got was a fine for what happened with the Blackhawks, and we all know what happened there. It it really is a joke at this point. I'm going to say this. I'm going to um I don't want to get into the Blackhawks specifically, but I'm going to say that I'm not shocked either. Um and, and I no longer blame the Department of Player Safety for its inconsistency because obviously the inconsistency is it has a trickle down effect from, mm-hmm. you know, top to bottom. So, um we saw that the Devils give up their first round pick for for the Ilya Kovalchuk BS that happened. We, we barely saw anything happen to the Chicago Blackhawks for the sexual assault allegations. In fact, they got Connor Bedard out of it. And uh, now we see a first-round pick from the Ottawa Senators. If there's any, any debate that, um, that uh, Gary Bettman doesn't want a Canadian team to win the Stanley Cup, here's a perfect example because just as you have a team that's up and coming in the Atlantic and and obviously don't take take this season and kind of throw it out the window. I mean, they've had they've had a bunch of crap happen to them, but this this team 
could was on the up and up. They lost Formington, and and we'll we'll leave that up to your imagination on why you think he's not with the team any longer. Shane Pinto's gone for forty one games, um, with no real answers as to what exactly he was betting on. Um, you know, I and really with the betting culture that's out there right now, if you're not betting on your own team, I don't see a problem with you betting. Period. Um, and. Then of course you've got uh, you've got this going down now where a first round pick is lost. Now you're talking about a team that seems to be more in shambles than they were to lead lead the year. We haven't heard from Sean Simpson on Twitter at, recently, <laughs> so I mean that's the maybe the one benefit that's coming from all of this. But um, yeah, I just it, like I said, nothing surprises me either. I think the inconsistency in the NHL, uh, you, and you go back to the pride tape as well, and and, and them rescinding that almost like what within two weeks, so. Um, shout out to Travis Dermott on that one as well. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I just, it doesn't surprise me. Uh, it doesn't shock me. Um, and, uh, guys on the, on the note of, of Shane Pinto betting, uh, why not a quick word from our fine hosts at DraftKings? Oh my God. <laughs> uh, those jokes. That's the uh, best. That is the best segue you've done to date. Jokes. The best segue uh, you've done to date, bud. It was uh, perfect. It was perfect. The NFL season is going strong, boys, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet five bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. You can check them out now on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Take a look at maybe what our Leafs are looking at against Boston in the uh, on Thursday. Um, check out the line on that one. Get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, licensee partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, LA. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Um, I mean, if you want a line, I'm sure you could probably call uh, Shane Pinto as well. Maybe he's got uh, got some good picks going forward. Um, but, uh, yeah, boys, um, let's get into some Leaf talk because the Leafs haven't exactly looked consistent this season. Um, we've seen some bright spots. We've seen some... Not so uh, exciting parts of their game as well that uh, hopefully they can kind of shoe out uh, and then in the next couple of weeks here so that we can get on track. But one of the brightest spots has obviously been Joseph Wall um, establishing himself as a starter. Uh, really has stolen the show from Ilya Samsonov, and, and I'm not sitting here writing Ilya Samsonov off, even though. I did write that piece about how the Leafs could move Samsonov. <laughs> um, but I will say that uh, 
Joseph Wall is coming into his own. He's 25 years old. We know the stat on on goaltenders tending to uh, establish themselves a little bit more as their careers go on and as they get older. Um, he is one of the more recent homegrown goalies for this organization that comes to mind when you're talking about potential starter skills. Uh, Peter, your thoughts on Joseph Wall so far? Obviously, didn't get the win last night in LA, but where are we heading with this guy? Yeah, it's kind of funny that in the two losses that Wallace played in, he got absolutely no help whatsoever. Like the Maple Leafs looked actually flat-footed. Like last night against the Kings, the game against the Hawks. Um, I don't know what. First off, I just don't know what's wrong with this team and starting on time. That still seems to be an issue. But overall, like you can't fault last night's game on Joseph Wall because he made a lot of high danger saves or like high, like you know, four alarm bell saves that you know kind of kept this team in there to try to give him a fighting chance. And that's what you need to do right now. And you kind of saw that a bit from Samsonov against the Predators, a much better outing from him. But it seems like momentum and confidence is more on Wall's side than it is on Samsonov because he still has to elevate his play. Um, no matter when Samsonov's next start is, he's got to improve on that Nashville one. That's going to be critical. Um, I, I think Wall has looked great into, uh, up until this point. He, again, kind of got no help against the Washington Capitals, but the Maple Leafs got timely goals. Stood tall against the top team in the Dallas Stars. And, you know, the Kings are not like, you know, a team that's like mid-tier below the standings. They're a really good team up the middle, and they got depth. So, I mean, yeah, you chalk it up to a game where he showed up, but nobody else did. But the fact that he's getting that the confidence – and the opportunities continuously more so often, it's got to go well for him because, um, you know, kind of like what we had last year, you know, we said that Samson could take over the starting role from Murray. Now the roles have reversed and Wall is doing the same thing to Samson off right now because Wall wants to stick here. He wants to be a starter and the stats are showing it. High danger saves uh, percentage, uh, five on five save percentage. He's doing his job. The one thing that uh, Nick Kiprios has maybe ever said that I, I I kind of back him on is that there is a reason why the Leafs didn't sign Samsonov to a long-term deal. And and yeah. this could potentially be the reason for it. Um, small sample size, 16 games played in the NHL through three parts of three seasons, 12 and four over that span with a two ter- 223 goals against 929 save percentage. This season, he's three and two in five games, 189 goals against 942 save percentage. Alex, what say you when it comes to uh, Joseph Wall? Um, I say that there's a guy here that the Leafs need to treat as someone, just like I said about Matthew Nyes last week, Peter, the Leafs have a a goaltender here that they need to treat as a starting option. And, you know, I'm kind of in a tough spot because part of me is like, give Joseph Wall the reins and let him run until he gets cold. But... I do think that the Leafs still need Ilya Samsonov. And I think that a lot of fans, and I understand it because, you know, the Leafs have had so many goalies in the past couple of years that they've struggled to watch even stop one puck. You go back to the days of Michael Hutchinson, Jonas, Jonas Enroth, and then you get to the more modern day versions of Jack Campbell, Matt Murray, Peter Mrazek. Like there's been a lot of instances where goalies have been, have just been so bad. They can't let, they can't make a single save. So given that Ilya Samsonov has looked like that to start the year, I understand where the skepticism and where the fear is coming from. But people forget that this guy has done so much more good in Toronto than he's done bad. Mm -hmm. And, you know, right now, 
absolutely I'm in favor of giving Wall some more starts and evening out the load a little bit instead of kind of making him the 1B to Samsonov's 1A. But they're going to need both goalies down the stretch. And, you know, I, I understand that there's an argument to be made. Like, you say, I know you wrote that article about trading Samsonov Forbes. And there is, an ar- there is an argument to be made about Martin Jones being in the minors and him being a, you know, he won 27 games in the NHL last year. I'm sure he could be a fine backup. But I think it would be better if the Leafs had two solid starters instead of one solid starter and one fine backup. So that's kind of where I stand on the whole thing. Um, that said, I think that Wall should be getting a lot of the starts until he cools down. I, I, I'm not counting that game against LA last night. It was a rough game for him, but like you said, Peter, I was at the first game that he didn't get any help. I was at that Chicago game, and both games, it was the exact same. They were sloppy. Mm-hmm. They couldn't complete a pass. Wall got nothing. So um, in the end, I'm I, I'm in full support of uh, both goalies getting looks and getting more even looks, I should say. Uh, but I don't think that Samsonov is, is should be on the way out just yet. Yeah, no, I, and, and in writing that, like I, I do, I do agree with you. I think in today's NHL, you need you need the the um, the platoon of goaltenders. You need to have that that secondary option. And I know I know the arguments being made about Martin Jones being a, a possible option, but at the same time, you have to look at at his numbers realistically and. I mean, he's a guy that, yeah, 27 wins, but when it came to his save percentage, was well under 900. So, yeah, it was yeah, like, it was yeah. one of the worst in the league. I think it was like 880, yeah. 884, not 884. Mm-hmm. That's a little low, but I think like it was, it was, it was comfortably below 93 or something like yeah. that. It was, it, it wasn't, it wasn't well enough that you want to look at it and, and, and look at it and say, like, you know, this is a guy that could potentially be our starter if Wall goes down at some point this season. And just with Wall's, you know, injury history, you kind of do want to keep a, a secondary option in Samsonov and, and allow Samsonov to kind of find his footing. Like right now, he just doesn't have his footing. And I think that's we saw what he could do. It's not a it's not an it's not a issue with with the goaltender per se. I mean, you look at his career numbers, he was good in, in Washington as well. So he, you know, he is he is an option. I think the Leafs need to look at that and and, and really divide it, you know more evenly and kind of look at what their option is come playoff time. But I think um, it's just, it's as simple as running in uh, running, using the ratio of, of two games, one game, two games, one yep, game. Yeah. And then if, if the goalie playing one game, one out of every three games starts playing noticeably better in that one game than the other goalie does in the two then swap it, give the other goalie two games and give the other one. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, one more, no. One more final point on Jones right now. It's funny that you brought up his save percentage because in two games with the Marlies right now, uh, he has two wins, but 897 save percentage. So just below 900. And that was the problem. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I mean, you look at guys like Wall, he, he's what, first in the league right now in, in uh, goal save above expected. Um, I, I believe like Samsonov they were showing the other night uh, was 69th in the league, but small sample size given what he's played this year and, and the way the team's played in front of him as well. Mm -hmm. So, um, and he had one of the best last year's, uh, if you look at last year's numbers, he was one of the best in the league. Yeah. So I think, I think you take that into account as well. And you, you know, that you do have two very capable goaltenders on your hands and that's kind of what you want going into the playoffs. Um, you guys guys remember back in like 2014 when, Jonathan Quick went down with that injury, and then Ben Scrivens just went on an absolute heater for the Kings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Scrivens got injured, and Martin Jones came up and went on that an identical heater. Yeah, mm-hmm. what a, like what a weird year that was. That <laughs> yeah. was 
insane. I'm, that's that why was nothing's a, important. Was that a Daryl Sutter Kings team yeah. though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I, so I mean, they win the cup that year. Yeah, 2014 they did. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. wow. Um. Anyways, boys. Uh. Yeah. Joseph Wall seems like the option right now. Um. Let's talk about another guy that the Leafs need to really take a close look at in uh, William Nylander. I almost said Alex Nylander. I don't know why he's on my mind. <laughs> William ne- looking at me. Yeah, yeah, it must be. <laughs> William Nylander, new franchise record for most games, most points, sorry, longest <laughs> point most, streak. Most, longest, <laughs> longest point streak to start Jesus. a yeah. season. Most longest games. Points- <laughs> Sorry, I feel like I keep interrupting you and throwing you off. <laughs> most most games in a row with at least one point to start. That's right. Season. Yeah, that's kind of where I was going, but it could be said easier as longest point streak to start the season at nine games um, has been one of the obviously the most consistent players for the Maple Leafs off the top of the season. Um, Alex, what do you what are your thoughts on William Nylander? Where he's going with this, and uh, are we looking at a, maybe another career season from the from the Swede? Let me just say that if Sheldon Keefe keeps playing William Nylander on the penalty kill, Brad Treliving needs to fork over whatever he's whatever reservations he has right now and just sign the man for what he wants. Because if he takes another step forward offensively this year and adds a little bit of defensive prowess into his game, I mean, man, you're looking at another Marner at that point, basically. And I mean, I know obviously they're different players. Nylander's a little more balanced offensively and Marner is significantly better defensively at this point in time. But I mean, it's just every game that goes by Nylander just continues to light it up. And it's just, it it does really, I know we've dwelled on this enough in the past, but it does put into perspective how funny it is looking back at, you know, all those fans that wanted to trade him and one of them wanted to literally dump him for a bag of pucks just because he held out for the first couple of months of that, that 2018 season. And I'm not including you in, in that Forbes. I know yeah. that, I know that you wrote a couple articles of those yourself, but I'm talking about the, the, the Dave and Ajax types who are like, ah, trade him for Mike Commissarek and shit like that. Calling right. into the Andy Frost show. Uh, exactly. Oh, the, the fan 590. <laughs> oh, God. Dear Lord, man. <laughs> Those are Anyways, fun times. Oh, I, uh. I remember listening. I remember listening to the that show every time I went to a Leaf game with my dad. I say that like I went to Leaf games frequently. I didn't. But every time I would go to a game with him, he'd turn on the post game show for the drive home. And I just remember sitting back there like, oh, my God. Man. <laughs> like, welcome. Every, welcome to it. Leafs Nation. Anyways. <laughs> um yeah, I I think that Nylander should be paid as soon as possible. And um, he's, I think he's at a point now, he said all the right things. And you can, you know, he said he doesn't want to play anywhere else. And I know we've talked about this. That's different than we want to, or I want, like, I I, I like Toronto. I like, yeah, I like yeah, playing yeah, here. Yeah. I like being in Toronto. Like, I don't know. I feel like there's enough desire from Nylander to stay in Toronto. And if Nylander's got that desire, I think that Treliving should do whatever it takes to get him signed. And, you know, I think, like I said, I still think that Nylander is enough of a homegrown boy where maybe I'm not going to say he'll take a hometown discount, but I don't think he's going to try and milk the Leafs for every penny that they have at this point, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, Peter, your thoughts on William Nylander's play thus far this season and uh, the contract situation. Never mind pricing him in outside or like in that $10 million range. He's trying to like earn that Austin Matthews money at this point with the consistency. I mean, like hat tricks aside, Matthews has hit a bit of a slump right now, but you know, he's getting his chances, but Nylander is getting the points he's producing. And that's not to say that Matthews is worth the 13 million, get that out of your head. But 
you know, this is what you want to see. And, you know, one of your top players continuing to be the top players and carry the load when other top players aren't. Can't be said for the bottom six or the secondary scoring, but at least Nylander is the bright spot for right now. And he's on pace for, because we love those stats, um, this early on in the season, for 118 points. And obviously that would smash the career season that he had last year, points, goals, assists. Um, But yeah, no, this is at a point now where he's definitely not phased by the contract situation. He's playing to his potential and he's playing to what he's worth right now. And they were talking on the broadcast yesterday, like, you know, Nylander was outside the top 50 players or not, or just inside like around 40, 48 range. And they were saying that he should be in the top 15, top 10, top 20 at this point right now. And lo and behold, he's definitely playing like a top 20 player in this league. So yeah, uh, good on him. Good for not letting this, you know, overshadow the season right now because the Maple Leafs still are, you know, trying to figure things out. But Nylander isn't one of those players that's trying to figure things out because we know what he's capable of at this point. I'm also going to add to not only is he on the penalty kill, he's got seven hits so far this season. Um, 11th on the team in hits. Uh, so, I mean, not the most physical player, but a guy that's definitely trying to add that to his repertoire and more engaging this time, more engaging. And that's, that's something that everyone asked for after they saw him at the world championships playing for Sweden. Mm -hmm. Uh, he, he was throwing the body. He was, he was tightening up around the boards. Um, and I think, I think you're getting to see a little bit more of that from Nylander as well. So that's going to add another element to his game as well. So something to keep in mind uh, as we move forward and, and see him play the rest of the season. But um, before we go on here, boys, another word from a returning sponsor, Raycon headphones. And uh, with the, the busy season coming up, all the holidays and the Christmas uh, shopping and all that kind of fun stuff, it may be too early to start decorating for the holidays, but it's never too early to start your holiday shopping. Why not take care of it now before the crowds and packed uh, packed calendars make shopping a total nightmare, especially when you can get some of the best deals of the season well before Black Friday. You can shop Raycon products right now and save up to 50% off because their early Black Friday sale is going on right now. You've heard me talk about Raycon's products before, um, their comfort, how cheap they are, and what uh, what sound quality they have. Raycon Raycon first made a name for themselves in the audio space with products like their everyday earbuds, known for delivering high-quality and thoughtful features like a 32-hour battery life and a perfect in-ear fit for all-day wear and lasting comfort. And this past year, they expanded their entire uh, business with the introduction of Raycon Home and Raycon PowerTech. Uh, their five-star reviewed Magic 180 cable allows you to charge iOS, micro USB, and Type-C devices eight times faster with a 100-watt power delivery. Their faucet filter, ultra filters, the water in their tap against chlorine and heavy metals. It's a must-have for ensuring the water you use to wash your face and brush your teeth is, you know, actually clean. Raycon is known for delivering high-quality and thoughtful features at half the price for other uh, of other premium tech brands it's no wonder their products have raked up tens of thousands of five-star reviews to get everyone in the holidays shopping spirit a bit early raycon is currently offering 20 percent off everything on their website uh, with select products up to 50 percent off so beat the crowds and save now trust me you do not want to miss out on raycon's early black friday sale hurry up or hurry now 
to buyraycon.com slash THPN to get 20 to 50% off site-wide. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score up to 50% off Raycon products, buyraycon.com slash THPN. Well, boys, um, I mean, interesting. They're getting into the water purification. Uh, I was going to say, that was well. a, I wasn't that expecting was, yeah. that part of the read. No, no. <laughs> Obviously, got to read over the ad reads before we get going here. I, <laughs> Man, I think of Ray J, and all I can think about is, uh, you know, I mean, we won't get into that. But um, anyways, uh, yeah. Um, last couple notes here before we uh, close it out. Summer editions, and, and, and this is a big topic right now. Tyler Bertuzzi not really breaching his potential at this point. Max Domi certainly not reaching his. Uh, John Klingberg, another question mark as well. Peter, where where are these guys going right now? Are we have we are, we're just seeing the 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 build up to chemistry? Or are we seeing some guys that are just struggling in a new place? I mean, at one point you can't use that you know trying to build chemistry and struggling in a new place at, because we're already going to be at ten games into the season. At some point, they should you know be comfortable with the new team, the new system, and everything like that. But yeah, it just seems very you know lackluster. It seems like one player stands out one game and then goes quiet the next. Like Klingberg had that amazing you know block at the blue line leading to Bertuzzi's goal against Dallas. Domi and Nice got the scoring started in that comeback win against Tampa Bay. Um, Reeves had those two fights, but it's kind of gone quiet in terms of like, you know, not necessarily the physicality, but just, you know, chirping and getting into the face of the opponents, uh, aside from Corey Perry. But, um, yeah, it, it seems like at some point they got to figure this out and they got to turn things around because they were brought in to, you know, have a new mentality with the grit, the snot, piss and vinegar, Klingberg being more reliable as an option on the power play. He got taken that, uh, off yesterday, against the Kings. Roddy was back on PP one. Um, and Domi himself, like he's like, he's getting assists, but some of his decision, decision-making is off. Bertuzzi isn't producing, but his underlying numbers are, you know, pretty good, whether he's in uh, the top line or in on the second line with Tavares and Nylander. So I think with him, it's only a matter of time. He's been the one bright spot. I think that he's gone consistently game by game but yeah at some point every those new additions have got to turn it around and step it up a bit because you can't keep relying on your same four players they were brought in to try and alleviate some of that pressure especially Bertuzzi and Domi with the production wise Domi doesn't have a goal Bertuzzi only two Klingberg uh we're getting a little bit you know dicey with his offensive game as well and the high risk type of player that he is we're seeing that evidently right now um yeah they they all, i i say all four players have definitely got to find a next gear and you know elevate their play alex one of the things that i think some of these players uh feed off of his engagement uh on the ice uh we're seeing reeves obviously with his halloween uh comical act uh in the u-haul box uh in the hallway kind of getting it in into it with teammates as well. But how much do we need to see these guys take that engagement uh, with their teammates off the ice and bring it onto the ice, kind of maybe add to that physical play, get themselves more involved in the game, and and maybe that can turn into some more offensive production? All I'm going to say as of right now is that it's October. And I hate to be the, the it's early guy, but honestly, like, and maybe this is just this is just coming from a, the perspective of someone who was a fan before I was a writer slash podcaster slash whatever you want to call me. But watching this 
team do the exact same thing every year in October, especially the past couple of years in October. The yeah. script has literally been the exact same. Mm-hmm. I just don't, I can't be bothered to, to overthink it anymore. Honestly, like I, I'm at a point where if we get to the end of November and Bertuzzi and Domi and Klingberg and Reeves are, we're still talking about the same things we're talking about right now for those four players, then yeah, shit's, shit's gonna, like, we need to figure something out. But Ultimately, the Leafs actually had a better October than they did in yeah. in last year or the year before. And everything that's been said about the new acquisitions is valid. Um, I mean, you know, Tyler Bertuzzi, I'm convinced that he's working through an injury or something because he just hasn't looked himself yet. Mm-hmm. Max Domi. But he still looks good. Yeah. Despite he the does, injury. He does look through, good. Yeah. yeah. He just, the points haven't been coming. Yeah. Max Domi, I think, has been... I mean, he's he's had his good games and his bad. You can see there are instances where he wants to get his team into the game, and I think he's still kind of trying to find a home on the team. Cl- John Klingberg, I've been a big defender of his, and I think that, you know, I, I was honestly on his side and, you know, pushing for the positives of bringing in a guy like that and improving the defense on the back end. But I will say that if we're looking at a guy whose defense is so bad that he has to be sheltered on the first pairing – and then it gets to the point where I don't even know if this is going to happen, but if he gets removed from power play one and we're, the Leafs are paying $4 million for a guy who's on the bottom pairing and not contri- like com- not contributing that much offense, especially on the power play, I mean, it's going to be really hard to justify his position on the team and his role. But that being said, October, I, I, I'm willing to give these guys more than one month before I can I can say for with confidence that they're an issue. And Reeves, it's honestly just a matter of doing what he did in the first two games. Like that that that's literally all there is to it. I, I guarantee you, had he dropped the gloves once between the second game of the season and or the third game of the season, I should say, and last night's game, I, I don't think anyone's talking about this because no one cared about Reeves' numbers the first couple games. He was just as bad on the ice against Montreal and against Minnesota in those first two games as he has been for the other four seven games that they've played. Difference is, is that in those first two games, he was throwing his body, he was hitting everything that moves, and he was fighting. Mm-hmm. And that's what he's brought here to do. We've seen the tough guy, the tough guy experiment fizzle out with a number of guys in Toronto. I I was willing, I was willing to give Reeves a chance because he has established his reputation as a tough guy for the past 10 years or the better, like the entire time he's been in the league. And I think he's more of a, more of that type than I think Simmons was, or even Kyle Clifford was, but it just, it it hasn't been there since the second game of the season. So I need to see more from him, but again, I'm going to keep falling back on the fact that it is October and it's early and the Leafs do this every year. Honest to God, guys, like I tweeted this out today. What what do the Leafs have in common right now that they had in 2022 and 2021? One goalie out of the two that's really struggling. 2021, it was Mrazek. 2022, it was Murray. 2023, it's Samsonov, right? Every year in October, we're talking about Mitch Marner and how he hasn't found mm-hmm. his game yet. Never finds his game in October. Uh, the fourth line is doing cardio. The fourth line did cardio last year. You really think that fourth line of Albay Kubel, Aston Reese, and Camp put in work last year? Like... <laughs> So you see what I mean? Like, it's the exact same. It's not even just this team has struggled in October. It's it's the exact same struggles every single time. And every single time, they've rattled off a fucking nine-game nine win streak in November or something like that. And all the fans abandoned every single worry that they ever had and they that they voiced in the month of October. So, you know, I guess, the long story short, ask me again how I'm feeling about those guys in November because... 
again, if it's if it's anything like last year, they're going to go on a heater in November, and we're, they're going to erase a lot of the concerns that we've had since then. Well, there you go. Clip it. Uh, it's the same, same story. We've got the same author writing October uh, for the Leafs Nation every single season. Um, how much do you guys, like uh, me personally, I think Domi right now is falling into this this agenda that he's supposed to be the Domi that plays in Toronto and, mm-hmm. and you know, following in the footsteps of his dad as much as he doesn't want to. He's he's kind of had that shadow kind of hanging over him since he signed. Um, so I, I think that plays into it too. I, I do agree that Bertuzzi's fighting something. He's just not looking the same. And, um, you know, Revo's Revo is going to be Revo. I think we're going to see him, him come along. Um, after all, when it comes to the hockey podcast network, my, uh, my team name in the hockey pool is Revo's Rippers. And I, I stand by that. I'm three and zero right now going into week four. So, um, but uh, guys, before we close it out, Leafs Bruins, big game on Thursday. Bruins are, again, exceeding expectations. How important is this contest for the Leafs, even though it is October? Alex, I'm going to throw it to you first, buddy. I think it's a pretty big statement game. You know what? I don't think it's 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 a game that if they lose, they're going to miss the playoffs. And if they win, then they're going to win the Stanley Cup. Like, I don't think it's one of those. It's I don't think it's a super measuring stick game, per se. But... It is a big opportunity for the Leafs to, you know, f- throw that game against the LA Kings in the in the fucking garbage and just re- revamp, regroup. Um, I also see a lot of people penciling this in as a guaranteed loss. And a lot of people seem to forget that, you know, just because the Leafs got manhandled like four straight years in the playoffs by Boston doesn't mean that they're bad against them in the regular season. The mm-hmm. Leafs are 4-2-0 and two and oh against Boston in the regular season. So these past two years, I should say. So... I'm just, uh, I think that they could come out and play a good game. Um, and uh, I do think it is relatively important because Boston's had a pretty early, pretty early, sorry, a pretty easy schedule for the first month of the season so far. And uh, they haven't lost in regulation yet. So if the Leafs could be the first team to hand them that regulation loss, I think that'd be great. But uh, we'll have to see. All I know is that regardless of what happens, there's going to be overreactions. Peter, no Charlie McAvoy for this game. He was suspended for four games for his hit to the head of Oliver Ekman Larson. What are the Leafs looking for on Thursday night against the Boston Bruins? Take advantage of the situation. I mean, they're out their top uh, minute eater, uh, top defender on the back end right now. Um, you know, they're getting they're getting goals, they're getting contributions, but it seems like they're relying heavily on their top players. You, the star players, need to need to hand it to and dominate the bottom six of the Bruins. And it's funny that Alex brought it up because it kind of feels like a repeat from last season. They went 0-3 on the California road trip where, you know, lost to the Sharks, the Kings, the Ducks, came back, beat the Flyers, and handed Boston. I believe it was their first regulation loss of that season when they went on that absolute, like, stretch of, you know, just dominating the Eastern Conference or dominating their games last season. So, now's a chance for them to turn the page on a bad loss against a California team and look forward to the next game because you can't have that same performance uh, from LA against Boston because they are very, very similar in terms of their play style, being quick along the boards, um, you know, you know, closing gaps, getting in and breaking plays up. They got They got to be aware of that and they got to come out flying. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree with you guys more. I think uh, right now is a perfect uh, opportunity for them for take, to take a win. 
Uh, I think October, November, December, January, doesn't matter what month it is. When you're playing a divisional game, you want to take home the two points. Uh, Home ice advantage matters. We've seen it in the playoffs the last couple of seasons. Um, And with that, uh, gentlemen, um, I think Thursday night is going to be a fun game to watch. It's going to be a big game. I think uh, the Stars need to shine for the Maple Leafs and and Nylander. Let's see if he can make it 10 games in a row to start the season. Um, Otherwise, gentlemen, uh, anything else you wanted to add before we close it out for the week? It's October. Relax. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, it is so early, but, uh, you know, take it by stride. Let's do that game by game kind of thing. Like, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to be you know, like a head coach and say, we'll take it game by game. Well, well, we may forget about this game come April. Uh, don't forget to hit us up on all of our, as socials down at the bottom there youtube make sure you subscribe make sure make sure make sure you subscribe takes two minutes out of your time to go subscribe to our youtube channel it helps it benefits us it allows us to bring you a lot more content as i mentioned stay tuned we got some big news coming out uh from one of our sponsors we're super excited about this um it's going to be it's going to be great it's going to be a long-term hopefully hopefully a long-term partnership as we move forward um, otherwise check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok for lots of, um, lots of content as well. Uh, as always, you can follow myself at Andrew G Forbes. You can follow Alex at a hops and media, and you can follow Peter at P Barrichini. Uh, until next time, boys, that's it for us here at sticks in the six.